Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Founded in 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the greater Boston area and beyond. We are located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets, across from the Public Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. Two of my colleagues sent me the same three-minute video this week with the same message. Watch this, they said, because it's such a relief to cry happy tears. Produced by TV2 Denmark, it opens with people walking onto a stage in small groups. The narrator says, it's easy to put people into boxes. There's us and them. There's the homeowners and those just barely getting by. There's those we trust and those we try to avoid. There are the new Danes and those who have always been here, the people from the countryside and those who have never seen a cow. As the narrator continues, we see teenagers, a man in a bright orange suit, dancers, an old man wearing suspenders, a soccer team, women in nurses' uniforms, and a woman in a doctor's coat, a young man in a Red Sox cap, a little boy, a woman in hijab. And then there's the voice of an announcer speaking in Danish, saying he's going to ask some questions and ask the assembled to participate honestly in a fishbowl exercise. He begins, who here was the class clown? A little raucously, apparently diverse people step into the middle and everyone is smiling. Who are step parents? A tattooed man with huge muscles joins a man in a tweed jacket. A woman in jeans stands next to a man in a bow tie. We who love to dance. We who've been bullied. And we who have bullied others. People make their way to the center. The little boy begins to weep. We who are brokenhearted. We who are madly in love. We who feel lonely. Courageously, people step forward. We who are bisexual. A young man with shoulder-length blonde hair steps into the middle and stands alone. For a moment, it's very quiet. And then, spontaneously, everyone begins to applaud him. And we, says the announcer, who acknowledge the courage of others. And then there's all of us, he concludes, who just love Denmark. Now they are stepping towards each other, shaking hands, embracing all of them, reaching across the visible differences to the invisible. And yes, with them, I am weeping.
tears of joy. What do you want to amplify in your life? How are we called to turn it up and take up more space with goodness? I want to say thank you to Sharon Harari for sharing an article by George Lakoff. Professor Lakoff, a cognitive linguist, teaches that the metaphors we live by are very powerful. For example, he says, both conservatives and liberals think about our relationship to government through a metaphor of family. Conservative voters embrace a strict father metaphor. Progressive voters subscribe to a nurturing parent metaphor. And when we disagree with one another, rather than thinking of it as sharing ideas or even intellectual debate, unconsciously we tend to fall into the trap of thinking of argument as war. He won the argument. Her claims were indefensible. Their criticisms were right on target. They shot down all my points. Being aware of the metaphors we live by while communicating good ideas is a great tool in amplifying good. Here are George Lakoff's three directives. First, undermine lies. Keep repeating the truth and stay positive. If you hear something ugly or false, don't repeat it. Instead, go positive. The best ideas are positive, not negative, proactive, not reactive. And these ideas need to be communicated out loud every day in public. Second, consider how an issue is framed. How can we reframe it? Go beyond the typical laundry list of facts, policies, and programs and present a clear moral vision of vintage American ideals that uphold citizens' well-being and freedom. Start with values. For example, to amplify the nurturing parent metaphor, we can speak about the power of empathy, citizens caring for other citizens and working through our government to provide public resources for everyone. In a time when the government is committed to privatization and to eliminating funding from most public resources, let's talk about the contribution of public resources. Use history. This is how the United States was started. The public resources used by businesses were roads, bridges, public education, public banks, interstate commerce, courts. Both private lives and private enterprise utterly depend on public resources. Talk about the public, says Professor Lakoff. Say what you believe. Talk about freedom. And third, stay out of nasty exchanges and attacks. We can speak powerfully 
without shouting. As he left office, what did people lift up about President Obama? His civility, elegance, positivity, empathy, and good humor. A special shout out to the power of empathy. We may be angry at Appalachian and Rust Belt whites who voted against everything we hold dear, but surrendering their fate to this administration will only increase their suffering. And then what? If we lead with and amplify our values, especially the values on which our country was founded, it will all go so much better. Based on the 1975 novel by E.L. Doctorow, the musical Ragtime follows the intersection of three groups in the United States in the early 1900s. African Americans, represented by a Harlem musician, white people, represented by the matriarch of an upper-class suburban family, and immigrants, represented by a Jew from Eastern Europe. Suddenly, once again, the show, Ragtime, is stunningly relevant. Toward the end of the story, an African-American is speaking to a radicalized young white man, telling him and his men that violence will never solve injustice. He instructs them to change the world through the power of their words and by telling their children their story. The song he sings, you'll hear it in a moment from our choir, is Make Them Hear You. Go out and tell our story. Let it echo far and wide. Make them hear you. Make them hear you. How justice was our battle and how justice was denied. Make them hear you. Make them hear you. And say to those who blame us for the way we chose to fight that sometimes there are battles that are more than black or white and I could not put down my sword when justice was my right. Make them hear you. Make them hear you. Go out and tell your story to your daughters and your sons. Make them hear you. Make them hear you. And tell them in our struggle, we were not the only ones. Make them hear you. Make them hear you. Your sword can be a sermon or the power of the pen. Teach every child to raise their voice and then, my sisters, then will justice be demanded by 10 million righteous men. Make them hear you. When they hear you, I'll be near you. This past week marked the sixth anniversary of an 18-day revolution in Egypt that swept the autocratic Hosni Mubarak from power. According to human rights groups, the situation is far more dire today. The young man who got my attention this week, and whom I'll close by amplifying now, is Mahmoud Mohammed Hussein. When he was just 18, Mahmoud marked the first anniversary of the revolution. It was a day of celebration for me, he says. I wasn't part of the revolution, but I believed in it and its goals. It made me feel like a human being with rights and duties.
although he didn't join the demonstrations in the streets. Walking home, he was arrested for the t-shirt he was wearing. It said, a nation without torture. The t-shirt was inspired by the revolution, says Mahmoud. I saw it as a beautiful thing, not a cream. A, a, a country without torture is a dream that everyone wishes for. This wasn't a crime. The police viewed it as a personal insult. They took him into custody, tortured him, and imprisoned him. Prison is like a tomb, he says. It's a place that takes away your soul and kills everything beautiful in you. After almost 800 days in, in unspeakable conditions following worldwide campaigns for his release, Mahmoud was released last March. The 21-year-old is a beautiful, curly-haired young man with shining eyes and a beatific smile. His voice is sweet, but he walks painfully now with a crutch and still appears frail. And his life remains in danger. President Sisi's men are after him. But Mahmoud Mohammed Hussein refuses to be silenced. In Egypt, he says, my rights and the rights of thousands like me are violated just for dreaming or hoping for freedom. When asked if the revolution is dead, Mahmoud insists that it is not. No, not at all. 25 January is a dream that will never die. The revolution lives in the hearts of people like me and of everyone who believes in it. And as for the t-shirt that cost him his freedom, he has no regrets. I always say that if I could go back, in spite of all the abuses I suffered, I would wear the t-shirt again. Beloved spiritual companions, what do you want to amplify in your life? How are we called to take up more space with goodness? Let us undermine lies. Keep repeating the truth. Reframe. Start with values. Stay positive. Talk about freedom. Say what you believe. Remember empathy. Make them hear you. We who are brokenhearted, we who are madly in love, we who feel lonely, and we who acknowledge the courage of others. The revolution lies in the hearts of everyone who believes in it. Let's turn it up. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear from you via email at office at ASCBoston.org or through our Facebook page. If you would like to support the good work of Arlington Street Church, please consider a contribution by checking the mail or through our website, ASCBoston.org.